This week's episode is a webinar that we just did, and we're converting it to audio only. Now, there were slides, of course, but I think you get really good, the good idea of what's happening here and uh, what are some of the important points that Patrick Rosenthal makes here. So if you do want to go look at the slides, you can go to the link in the description of this podcast and check it out for yourself. And there you can even watch a YouTube video of the actual webinar. But if you're on the go, this should suffice to uh, get you some good knowledge about the best practices in retirement facilities and continuing care. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, if you like this, please share it with a colleague. You're listening to the Talking Air Filtration Podcast, where you get to know the people that make air filtration possible and help us all breathe easier because clean air matters. We'll get insights from air filtration professionals and learn how they became successful in their careers. Along the way, we will discuss best practices, guidelines, trends and challenges in air filtration in a variety of applications. We hope HVAC, air filtration, and indoor air quality pros, including business development, engineering, building owners, and facilities management, will enjoy the insights our guests will bring to this podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. I am Patrick Rosenthal with Texair Filters. I am the Central Texas Regional Manager, and I'm glad that we all uh, could get together and discuss a new published guideline from NAFA. Uh, this presentation is going to be on the best practices and um, guidelines webinar for the filtration for, for continuing care retirement communities. It was a guideline we published in 2022 as a part of the NAFA Guidelines Committee. I am the lead author, and I'm glad to uh, be able to do a little bit more of a deep dive uh, with you all on this uh, on this document. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get started. Okay, NAFA, the National Air Filtration Association, uh, is an association for air filtration professionals. Uh, we specialize in filtration expertise, education, best practices. And uh, it's been a very dynamic, uh, helpful organization for, for our filter company and uh, everyone that we've been um, gotten involved with or gotten anyone in the facility maintenance industry involved with NAFA has been, uh, been very grateful that we've done so. Okay, on April 12th through the 14th, we have our technical seminar in Atlanta, Georgia. If you have not signed up yet for this technical seminar, I highly recommend it. Uh, we've got some great speakers lined up, great social activities. Um, it's a great place to get certified if you have not gotten a CAFS uh, designation. Uh, this is a um, great opportunity to, to do that. So uh, again, if you have not signed up for this technical seminar, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm actually, actually go back to this one. I'm actually chairing the seminar. So if you're here today and you're going to the seminar, you'll see more of me as I uh, I will also be the MC for our technical conference. Okay, uh, before we get started, I wanted to mention the NAFA podcast. Uh, Tony, who's on this call with us, is the person who has recorded and produced 
I think it's like five or six episodes now. It's really excellent. If you have not listened to this, I highly recommend it. Uh, this is one uh, kind of piece of our of our new marketing campaign for NAFA to to try to reach people in a different way that we haven't reached them before. And if you have not listened to this NAFA podcast, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's on all the major streaming services. Uh, it's got a QR code right there in the top that you can use to uh, to listen and subscribe. Here's all of our social, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, again, uh, NAFA and Tony and the whole staff's working very hard to get our to get the word out there about um, best practices and, and air filtration. Okay, here is a uh, here's a little bit of information as to what's going on on the NAFA guidelines committee. Uh, I don't know if any of you have participated in the guidelines committee in the past, but 2022 was a big year for us, and we had a lot of changes as far as uh, how we create the guidelines, the process itself. Um, we hired a technical writer that has uh, been helping us with uh, a lot of the technical writing. Uh, we've got a lot of people who are experts in air filtration, but uh, maybe not always experts in professional writing. So the way that the documents look, the way that they feel, they flow, all those things, we're getting a lot of help. So if you are um you know, interested in participating in the guidelines committee, uh, it's really a, a, a an exciting time to be on that committee. We're getting a lot done. We we are basically tasked with creating two new guidelines every year. Uh, we're we, along with two revisions or some combination thereof. So we could we could do three new guidelines and one revision per year, or we could do four new guidelines in a year. Uh, either way, we really need to do as a part of the um, strategic plan for NAFA, we need to do two new and two revisions, some combination of those. Um, in 2022, we published three new guidelines. Um, one was uh, filtration for indoor cannabis growing, uh, continuing care retirement communities, which is the one we're going to go over today, and then residential HVAC for technicians and contractors. We have these guidelines on the NAFA website. They're free to download. Um, please download and distribute them. Uh, we also published a revision of the higher education guideline, which was originally published in 2014. Okay, again, um, we have a new guidelines approval process. It has really helped us to streamline uh, you know, our process in getting guidelines approved and published. Uh, we have a paid technical writer. Um, we're working with the committees to um, streamline that process. Basically, if you're on the uh, committee for technical or committee for guidelines, you not only have to uh, make a suggestion, but also give us some writing help as well if you're going to make that suggestion. Uh, and that's actually reduced the amount of um, corrections that we've gotten through that process. So people realize, you know, hey, if I'm going to go in and make a comment about this, I really need to be educated and I need to, to give them some, some guidance as well as just making the comment. So the guidelines uh, committee has moved very um, is moving very quickly through publishing these guidelines now. All of our guidelines are working documents. They're always open to suggestions, comments, edits, and improvements. And we're always looking for NAFA volunteers to team up with our experts on 
any topic that you are uh, familiar with, hospitality, hospitals, welding fumes, filter testing, uh, and so on. These are just a few that we're, we're looking at creating new guidelines for in the future. NAFA guidelines are designed to meet best practices for filtration in facilities. We aim to go beyond the bare minimum and provide advice on achieving the cleanest air possible based on the designs and limits of the existing HVAC equipment. So uh, we are not a standard writing group. That's not what NAFA is. Uh, organization, but we um, we have a lot of expertise, and we, um, as a part of this guideline and many other things we do, are really about best practices. Uh, so again, we're going beyond the the minimum. Okay, so getting a little more specific about uh, the guideline today, um, the modern retirement community, the popularity of continuing care retirement communities with social activities, restaurants, classes, and other privileges has risen significantly in the last 30 years. Improving environmental controls such as indoor air quality through air filtration can lead to great benefits for the residents, staff, and visitors of the modern retirement community. Here's a couple pictures here of um, some retirement community. This was from Senior Housing News, and you can look at the facilities. They're, um, they're really something else. There's a lot of really incredible facilities out there for, for retirement. Okay. Um, one way that these facilities can separate themselves from the rest of their market is to get a clean air award. Um, you know, make your retirement facility an industry leader with an indoor air industry leader in indoor air quality by obtaining a clean air award from NAFA. Uh, on the right here, you can see an article that was published by the Texas Facilities Commission in Austin, Texas, where I'm from. Um, we had a little presentation on one of the uh, the parking garages where you know a lot of the top people in TFC came together. They had people taking photographs and and they have an internal um uh, magazine or kind of newsletter that goes out and they were able to write um, about how they had achieved this clean air award which if you can look at the picture everyone in the picture is wearing masks and this kind of came in right at the i think the first year of covid so you know if you're really talking about trying to you know improve how people view you as a leader um, in maintaining your facility, the Clean Air Award is just uh, a fantastic way to do that. Uh, upgrading your air filters is a reasonably low cost way to show your tenants and your staff that you're serious about maintaining the facility at a high level. Uh, many points given out for the Clean Air Award are upgrades that your facility is probably already doing. So it's sometimes not even that difficult to make the upgrades because you can get points for things for your retirement facility that are already you're already doing. Um, any certified air filtration specialist, CAFS from NAFA, um, will be able to, to lead you in the right direction as to how to get that Clean Air Award for your facility. So I highly recommend um, reach out to your customers, as well as, you know, if you are a retirement community facility manager, reaching out to a, a CAFS and getting some more information on the Clean Air Award. This is the form right here on the Clean Air Award. And uh, like I was saying before, some of these categories, these are things that you're already doing in a lot of cases. So sometimes you're, you know, halfway there or more. 
And uh, for, for a couple of examples, um, turning in a record of the filter change schedule that you're already doing, how often you change the filters, the sizes, and uh, so on, that can get you 10 points. Um, you can also receive points based on the MERV efficiency of your filters. So like a MERV 8, you can get 8 points. MERV 13, you can get 13 points. Uh, if you had your coils clean within the last two years, that's 6 points. Um, and then some in categories are a little more involved. Uh, installing filter monitoring devices, magna helix on some of your units, um, using gaskets on the filter housing. Uh, both of those are 10 points. Installing UV lights, that's 10 points. And then if you get all your points up to 52, your facility will be awarded the Clean Air Award, which comes with a, a little glass trophy and a certificate. Uh, and it's it's a really great thing to, to do to, um, for indoor air quality for your facility. Okay, why is clean air so important for retirement facilities? Residents in retirement facilities spend about 85 to 90% of their time indoors. Um, the elderly are more vulnerable to air polluting substances because of the body's inability to cope with harmful pollutants as they age. Many residents have uh, inflammatory disorders such as allergies and asthma. Uh, indoor particles below 2.5 microns in size can be significant contributors to chronic diseases such as heart disease, bronchitis, and higher rates of mortality. Due to additional challenges presented by COVID-19, RSV, and the flu, we know that air quality and infection control are just as important as it would be in many areas of a hospital. Okay, uh, the continuing care retirement community model. So the actual name of the, the guideline is the Continuing Care Retirement Facility uh, Guideline. And a Continuing Care Retirement Facility is uh, it's basically a, um, a staged process where uh, you have several stages in the uh, retirement community. The first one is independent living. The second one is assisted living. Uh, many of these uh, communities have been adding uh, memory care for things like Alzheimer's. Um, and then you have a, a skilled nursing uh, uh, facility. And it's actually different facilities within the retirement community. So we have uh, different filtration recommendations for each, um, each area. And if you have a retirement home that only focuses on that one area, you can just focus on that one area of the guideline and see what the filtration recommendations are. Um, okay. So... Here we go. Independent living. Independent living communities are for highly independent seniors. Residents live in private apartments or homes with increased security, transportation services, and recreational activities. Installing a MERV 13 filter in the independent living quarters is recommended. MERV 13 filters will remove greater than 90% of all particles in the 3 to 10 micron range. Independent living apartments will, will have split systems allowing for easy upgrades to MERV 13 filters. For residents who have pulmonary issues such as allergies and asthma, using a standalone air purifier with a HEPA filter and molecular filtration can be an effective air quality control. HEPA filters remove 99.97% of particles down to 0.3 microns in size. Molecular filtration will remove harmful volatile organic compounds and odors. Be sure to provide units that use a true HEPA filter, molecular filtration, and a strong enough motor to get at least six air changes per hour. 
Stay away from air purifiers that use ionization, which create high levels of ozone as a byproduct. Ozone is a known lung irritant and can make the situation worse for residents. So it's very important to do your due diligence when you're doing standalone um, air filtration in uh, in any part of the retirement facility or any facility. Um, you know, there's a lot of air cleaners that are out there, and doing your doing your research and figuring out what's effective and safe uh, is is very important. But it can be uh, an effective way uh, to deal with air quality, particularly because you know you plug them into the wall. You don't have to do any uh, HVAC system upgrades. Um, they're they're very versatile. Okay, here's a uh, Here's a picture of a MERV 13 filter. Uh, it has low pressure drop, an increased number of pleats to increase the surface area of the media, fits into the existing housing with no retrofit. So it's a very easy upgrade going from a MERV 8, from a MERV 10 to a MERV 13 or higher. Um, you know, it is a easy switch. If, uh, you know, you have systems that already have housings that are designed to, to keep in your filter, you can put a MERV 13 filter and they're just the same. Uh, since COVID-19, most filter suppliers have MERV-13 readily available. That was a big issue at the beginning of COVID, and it is getting better. Um, you know, it's certainly something that if they do not have in stock, then they should have pretty readily available for, for their customers. Um, MERV-13 qualifies for lead points in the U.S. Green Building Council program. Okay. Um, this is a, an example of a standalone air purifier. Again, there are a lot of air purifiers on the market. Um, this particular brand is one that I like, but it is not the only brand that is a good air purifier. So um, don't look at that. Just let's go over a couple of a uh, couple of points here that you really want to look into um, when you're getting a standalone air purifier. HEPA filters remove 99.97% of particles down to 0.3 microns in size. It includes allergens, bacteria, and viruses. Molecular filtration will remove harmful, volatile organic compounds and odors. Um, you want to have a strong enough motor to get at least six air changes per hour in the square footage of the room. So make sure you know what the square footage of the room is and you know what the air purifier is rated for for that space. Um, again, stay away from air purifiers, which use ionization that can create high levels of ozone as a byproduct. Ozone is a known lung irritant and can make the situation worse for residents, um, particularly when you're using things like cleaning supplies that can interact with the ozone and create a lot of ultrafine particles. Uh, it's not a good idea. So be very careful um, when purchasing these units. Uh, this is a good example again, but um, you know, there's a lot of CAFSs out there that are uh, at, in NAFA that can guide you to, a, to an effective air clean. Okay. Uh, assisted living, the next stage. Uh, once the resident moves from independent living to assisted living, there's a greater need for indoor air quality controls. Residents in assisted living might have their immune system compromised as they age. Allergies and asthmas, asthma can turn into chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD. Filtration can be an important component of managing the air quality for patients with COPD. Other pulmonary diseases, such as emphysema, can be very challenging to patients and the staff. The HVAC systems and assisted living facilities should be upgraded to MERV-14 filtration, which removes 90% of the particles in the 1 to 3 micron range. So much smaller than 3 to 10, 
one to three micron in range. Um, standalone HEPA air purifiers can also be used. Uh, In-room air filtration is a great way to supplement the air filtration in this area. Um, and molecular filtration can be used for the removal of odors and organic compounds, volatile organic compounds. Okay, here is a, an example of a MERV-14 mini-pleate. Uh, the HVAC systems and assisted living facilities should be upgraded to MERV-14 filtration, which removes 90% of particles in the one to three micron range. They have a low pressure drop. They can be used in existing housing, but be careful of the increase in pressure drop. So basically there are MER 14 filters that have lower pressure drop. Um, I've seen some on the market that are uh, really great. Uh, the way you can tell is you can ask your supplier for a third party test report. Uh, but again, uh, MER 14 filter is gonna be picking out, picking up a lot more particles. Uh, you're, you're getting, it's a much more efficient filter. So you have to be aware that, you know, over time, uh, the pressure drop is going to go up. So you need to be aware of those constraints on your HVAC system and make sure that that's in line with where it needs to be. And they can also last longer if they are pre-filtered. So um, as you can see through the construction of the filter, that's a lot of media. Um, you know, it may be one of these things where you want to get a pre-filter that you can change more regularly and save the life of the, of the final filter um, for, for less changes. Okay, skilled nursing. Skilled nursing facilities consist of um, minimally furnished rooms with a bathroom, hospital beds, and 24-hour medical staff. Residents in these areas are almost completely immobile, either recovering from a short-term illness or injury or being treated for a chronic illness. It is important that these residents are made as comfortable as possible since they are, they are in these rooms almost 24 hours a day. Infection control is just as important in these areas as it would be in many areas of a hospital. MERV-14 filtration and the HVAC systems um, will remove 90% of the particles in the one to three micron range. Molecular filtration can remove many odors or gaseous contaminants that may be found in skilled nursing facilities. However, however, it is important to note that source control is always the first recommendation when it comes to odors or gaseous contaminants. Source control will always be um, the primary uh, step in trying to remove those things. Okay. Um, here is another picture of a, uh, this is a MERV-14 mini-pleat V-cell. And uh, this is also a really efficient filter. It's got a lot of uh, media in it. It not only has the media from the mini-pleat, but it also has the media, the, the, the Vs themselves are made of mini-pleat media. So there's a much longer life on these. Uh, they, they have very, they're very efficient. Um, a lot of them do have a lower pressure drop. They use certain medias that give you ability to have a lower pressure drop. Uh, they can be used in the existing housing, um, but be careful of the increase in, in pressure drop. So you can put them in a current system, but you have to be careful again uh, that your system is running efficiently uh, with the, with the it filter in it. And um, the V-cell configuration doesn't fit into the housing without any retrofit. It, it will many times you'll have the space to put in the 12-inch filter um, behind the pre-filter, which would become the pre-filter if you put in the, the final. Uh, but you have to add a track 
um, if the track doesn't already exist and it wasn't made during construction or, or um, you know, the actual, uh, you know, construction of the unit originally, you've got to get a track in there that will fit in a, uh, it's a one inch sliding housing or, or header. So there is some retrofit with a V cell that you need to need to consider. And again, always ask your supplier for a third party test report. Um, when it comes to third party test reports, uh, the best thing about that, having that on file for whatever filters you're using is that if you do want to compare it to other filters, um, there's a lot of interesting information, useful information on the third party test report that will allow you to compare your filters to other filters on the market and, and have kind of an idea of how to, as best po as possible to have an apples to apples comparison. Are your air filtration personnel NAFA certified? Ask if they belong to NAFA and have their certified air filter specialist or NAFA certified technician designations. The CAFS and NCT designations are earned after rigorous exams and demonstrate that the air filtration professional has a high degree of knowledge and professionalism. To learn more about NAFA certifications, visit NAFAHQ.org. Okay, um, here is a section on the ASHRAE filter recommendations for COVID-19. And ASHRAE, the American Society of Heating, Refrigerating, and Air Conditioning Engineers, recommends mechanical efficient filter efficiency be at least MERV-13 and preferably MERV-14, or better, to help mitigate the transmission of infectious aerosols. Many existing HVAC systems were designed and installed to operate using MERV-6 or MERV-8. While MERV-13 and greater filters are better at removing particles in the 0.3 micron to 1 micron diameter in size, the size of many virus particles, the higher efficiency does not come without penalty. Higher efficiency filters require greater air pressures to drive the force air to drop to drive or force the air through the filter. Care must be taken when increasing the filter efficiency in an HVAC system to verify that the capacity of the HVAC system is sufficient to accommodate the better filters without adversely affecting the system's ability to maintain the owner's required indoor temperature and humidity conditions and space pressure relationships. And that's from the ASHRAE Epidemic Task Force in Building Readiness, published in April of 2020. So that's really you know, indoor air quality is becoming a much more important concern for a lot of facility facilities managers. Uh, you know, like I was saying before, it's not just COVID, there's the flu, there's RSV, there's allergies, um, there's the, the potential of very small particles to be contributors to other diseases. So uh, it's been, you know, kind of in this uh, really great place for people to, to start focusing and talking about indoor air quality. And the higher efficiency filters, when you start to get into MERV 13, 14 and greater, uh, those do require um, you to also look at the capacity of your HVAC system and make sure that that is enough um, to, to maintain the, the required temperature and humidity conditions. So, um, you know, the, the one of the best things that I've found about the MERV 13 is a lot, just from personal experience, a lot of the upgrades that we've done, um, there has not been near as many problems as they initially thought there was going to be from going from MERV 10 to a MERV 13. Um, and that's been great because our customers have been able to address uh, a lot of indoor air quality concerns and the, the results are that their systems are still working efficiently. 
Um, but it is something that you need to be concerned about. And, uh, and again, talking to a CAFS, a certified air filtration specialist, um, they will be able to help you uh, with a greater understanding of, of how to make sure you get both um, the indoor air quality improvements and the efficient use of your HVAC system. Okay, uh, back to the guideline here. And every guideline uh, that has come out, we have actually created a COVID-19 special section. And uh, you can see uh, on the right side, uh, just the way the guideline looks, uh, it's much more professional, it looks much more like a textbook. Um, you know, using our technical writer to help us with this has um, has been really incredible. So uh, in each document, we keep something in there for the COVID-19 special section. And we've looked at doing other things as well, um, things like um, smoke from wildfires and, and such, having some kind of, of guide inside the guideline that people can, can follow. And then at the end of each uh, guideline, there's an installation, operation, and maintenance section. And what that does is, is that helps uh, to, uh, for the end user of a retirement facility or any other facility to really make sure they're getting the most out of their filters, that they're actually getting the efficiency that they're using, um, that they're properly changing the filters on time, uh, that they understand that their um, HVAC system does need some, uh, uh, I guess, inspection. So like, for example, that we recommend that a NAFA certified air filtration specialist inspects the system um, integrity every year. And I think that'd be, you know, if you're um, an air filtration professional and you're on the, the call right now, I would definitely recommend including in all your proposals, a line item that says, you know, we'll include annual inspection of system integrity um, and, and make sure the customer understands that if they want you to come out and, uh, and look at their system and make sure that it's working properly, that you'd be very willing to do that. Um, and that's a big value add to have um, that kind of resource from your filter provider. Okay, education and training. You can also train your own staff of the retirement facility to get something called a NAFA certified technician, NCT designation. And essentially what that is, it's an open book test. Your, your on-site personnel can get the certification and it just shows that they are um, a professional when it comes to maintenancing air filtration systems. And, uh, and again, it's about you know going above and beyond the minimum and make sure that you're uh, showing people how much you, you care about air quality and, and the quality of your facility. Okay, this is the um, continuing... Uh, the continuation of that section. Um, and then, you know, there's a couple of pieces of information like on filter disposable, disposal, for example, part, particulate filters should be disposed of in a careful and safe manner. All spent filters removed from the air handling unit should be placed in a plastic bag or filter box sealed immediately and removed from the area for disposal. So there's a lot of helpful tips like this on the installation, operation, and maintenance section about you know how to change the filters and then put them back in a box or a bag and seal them as you're bringing them back through the facility after they've been changed and not you know spending all this time putting you know getting the the filter itself to pick up all this particulate and then you just set it on top of the um, the cart on the way out and and it just puts everything back in the air. So um, there's a lot of uh, really helpful um, information in these guidelines now uh, as it regards to installation, operation, and maintenance. 
Okay, so uh, PPE, um, there's a lot of uh, PPE that uh, people who change filters can use for best practices. Um, goggles, hard hats, coveralls, uh, gloves, you know, these are all things that, um, that improve safety. Make sure that they're weather appropriate. Um, we've had this discussion before in the committee, and if you're wearing coveralls, steel toe boots, a hard hat, gloves in the middle of summer in Texas, uh, you're probably going to be a lot less safe um, than if you were wearing uh, weather appropriate equi um, equipment. So uh, it is very important to consider um, your environment and what you're asking people to do um, to maintain safety. So uh, PPE is very important, um, but it's also just important to make sure that it is weather appropriate and safe. Okay, is your filter system working at optimal performance? Is the filter bank rigid and capable of supporting the filters? So is the filter housing in good shape? Uh, are the frame channels clean? Are there gaskets and sealing mechanisms that are intact and functioning? Are the right type of quantity of fasteners installed and working correctly? Check all filters, especially secondary filters for wear and damage, replace as required. Are all potential leaks between the plenum and the frames sealed? So this goes back to what we were talking about before with the efficiency of the filter. You wanna make sure that um, your MERV 10 is getting MERV 10 efficiency, that your MERV 13 is getting MERV 13 efficiency. And if there are gaps in between the filters themselves or the filters in the housing, uh, you're gonna get air bypass and that's going to result in um, some, some loss of efficiency of your filters. Plus the air that's getting around the filter is going to be dirty air getting into the coils, getting into the rest of the HVAC system. So it's just very important that you understand um, how to maintain your filter system integrity. Here's a couple of examples. I actually took these slides from Kevin Delahunt, who is the chair of the guidelines committee um, for his uh, presentation on commercial offices. But there were some good slides in there about um, maintaining system eff efficiency, the filter integrity. Here's one right here that shows uh, a filter that does not have a door on the outside of the housing and one that does have a door. So you want to make sure that all your doors are replaced properly and in, and in place um, when you do the filter changes. Um, no door, no seal. Okay, uh, here is an example of someone that has used a gasket on the outside of the filter. And we, uh, we talked about the gasketing a little earlier when we were talking about the clean air ward. And you know that's, that's an, a way to really get a good seal on your filter is to use a gasket. However, in this case, the gasket does not, um, even with the gasket, it does not go to the end of the opening to filter the air. So you're not even getting close to um, the efficiency that you could if you've got gaps like this. Here's a picture of another gap. And this is interesting. This is, um, these are, are basically dirt trails on the housing door. And if you open your um, air filter housing and there's these uh, zigzag lines, essentially that means that the air is getting uh, to the outside of the filter. And so you have to be, um, you know, really careful making sure that that gasket is sealed all the way. Spacers, incredibly important when it comes to maintaining system efficiency and integrity. Uh, you want to make sure that um, there are no gaps 
And spacers are uh, very inexpensive ways to do that. Also, if you have, um, you, you know, custom site, you maybe don't have to use a custom size in a filter housing if you can get a spacer that's going to, to be on the end of that filter. And that maybe could save you some money as well. Uh, we have a sheet metal shop that we work with that makes these spacers for us. And they're and literally five or six dollars each. They're very inexpensive. So using spacers properly is also a very important part of uh, maintaining um, system integrity. Okay, uh, this is another um, piece of the guidelines that we have updated. Uh, previously, uh, this copyright and usage section was very different. It was like basically saying, you know, this is our proprietary proprietary information. Do not share this. Do not uh, make sure that you have to give NAFA the credit. Um, you know, the, the information is, is ours. Don't use it in these particular situations. A lot of legal speak. Um, and we decided that the point of the guidelines is to make sure that people get the information. So they should be doing the exact opposite, which is sharing the information. So now our copyright and usage section says we strongly encourage the use and dissemination of this information. You can print it. You can download it for free on NAFA's website. You can put a link to it on your website. You can email it. Um, please use and disseminate this information as often as you would like. I mean, obviously, we don't want somebody trying to charge for NAFA's information, but um, you know, as far as getting the information out there, best practices, indoor air quality, you know, these are things that we really want people to be um, engaged with. And if we don't encourage the dissemination of information, then that could could hinder that. So um, we changed this section totally, and it is now um, encouraging sharing the information. Okay, uh, that is what I've got for uh, the slideshow. And I've got my information on here, my company, email, cell phone. Um, and if there is uh, any, we've, we've got some questions that people have sent in beforehand, and I'll address those. We may have some time for some additional questions uh, for people who have used the chat feature. Uh, but if you have any questions regarding this guideline, any information about guidelines committee um, or NAFA or anything in general, please feel free to reach out to me. And I know that uh, Jim Moran is on the line and he can uh, he can help me with this next this next part. Absolutely. Thanks, Patrick. There's a lot of great information in there. Really appreciate you taking the time um, and doing this today. And yeah, I got a list of questions up here. And we have a few that came in as well. So uh, we'll get right into them. Um, Starting with one here, have there ever been any legal ramifications caused by negligence in regards to air filtration application and or maintenance? Uh, it's possible that there could have been some legal ramifications at, at some point. I, I am not aware of any previous lawsuits for anything regarding filtration application or maintenance. It doesn't mean there could be in the future, maybe with um, a little bit more of the concentration on indoor air quality, maybe there could be something like that, but uh, I haven't heard anything if, if there is. Perfect. Thank you. Um, what is the most serious air quality concern facility managers have in senior living communities? In senior living facilities, really the two main concerns are vent ventilation and air filtration. Um, the, 
they basically like in a retirement facility, you're really trying to maintain the highest air quality that you can. And they need more fresh air. They need more ventilation. Um, they need at least six air changes per hour through the filters in their um, HVAC system. And there's a lot of good recommendations out there from ASHRAE. Um, I would I would definitely say that they need more ventilation, more fresh air, um, better filters, and they need to put the air through the filters more often. Probably most facilities are at two to three air changes per hour um, of, of air through the filters, and they need to be more at something like six. Excellent. Um, are you recommending minimum MERV 14 air filtration in areas where there might be open wounds being treated? Okay, that's uh, that question. You know, the word the as it regards to open wounds, I don't really, I don't really understand that fully. But what I would say is, is that a lot of these facilities um, do not do advanced procedures that a hospital would do. Uh, they work very closely with, um, you know, some hospital system that's close to the facility. And if there is a surgery or procedure that needs to be done, then they transfer the resident over to that hospital for that procedure. Uh, but if there is a part of the facility, particularly in skilled nursing, where they are doing um, medical procedures, that would be something that a hospital would do. Uh, then they need to be um, following the same standards for air filtration that a hospital would. Perfect. Thank you. Um, how does in-room filtration affect the filtration plan? Uh, and then also, what is your take on the coming ASHRAE pathogen mitigation standard? Okay, this is a great question. And in-room in filtration, I think, will always be a part of the filtration plan. Um, it, it's, it's just such a, a easy, um, way to, to advance the indoor air quality in any space. You can target it. Like I was saying earlier in the presentation, if you have somebody that has allergies or asthma, uh, using a HEPA filter in that room, uh, is, you know, great. I mean, you're getting six air changes per hour of, of air through a HEPA filter. And, um, you can do that without any upgrade to the HVAC system. Uh, again, it's got to be a high quality air cleaner. You got to use, you need to do your due diligence. There's a lot of air cleaners on the market that make a lot of claims and you have to be very careful about what you use. Um, but overall, I think in-room filtration is, is certainly going to be a part of any, um, any future plan. And, and as far as the ASHRAE pathogen uh, mitigation standard, uh, I think there's going to be some really good stuff that comes from this. There's a lot of really great people that are working on this. I know Bill Bonfleff is working on this. Um, he spoke at NAFA a couple of years ago. Um, and, and I think it's something that, you know, we'll be able to get behind uh, when, when the time comes. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, this one, I believe you just answered, but just kind of going down the list here. How many cycles of fresh air per hour should a typical facility be using? Is that six? Is that what you're most comfortable with there? Or did you want to elaborate on that anymore? Yeah, I think at least six. Um, I think most facilities are probably at two to three air changes per hour. And if they can get up to six uh, or greater, then that's that's wonderful. Okay. Um, going here, we'll jump back to the beginning of the list there. I'll just pull some out. We'll, uh, we'll, I think we got about 
four or five more questions here we'll go over. And then as Patrick said, anybody who has any additional questions we didn't get to are coming through, please feel free to reach out to him and he's more than happy to help. Um, looking here, what would you recommend? What, what would you recommend looking into when comparing MERV 8 versus MERV 13 filters? Is there any additional guidance available? I mean, right now, I think, <laughs> what? I know it's a little bit of a loaded question there, but just kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's a little but That's okay. Um, I, I think right now with the situation we're in with um, COVID, RSV, the flu, again, uh, issues with uh, small particles that we're finding out how uh, they contribute to the development of certain diseases, just I guess the importance of indoor air quality in general. Um, I just think if you can get the best air quality in your facility, you should. And, and that would be MERV 13, um, you know, compared to a MERV 8. I mean, you want to try to work your systems up to getting that efficiency through the HVAC system. Now, it's only a part, you know, filtration is only a part of, of the indoor air quality program. I mean, there's other things that you can do, but um, but certainly... Uh, as far as uh, MERV 8 versus MERV 13, I think going with what ASHRAE currently recommends and going with the 13 is going to be 13 or greater is going to be better. Perfect. Um, what kind of filters are typically needed or used in residence rooms and common areas? And, you know, with you uh, writing the guidelines for this and being heavily involved with that, and I'm sure you have a lot of customers that are out there, you know, just kind of going over what are you typically seeing in the field and what are you recommending? First, the, the rooms versus the common areas. I mean, it, it varies. I mean, it varies between facility as far as what they're using. Uh, but I would definitely recommend going with the MERV 13 for independent living. I think using it in the living quarters um, is an easy change. It's an easy upgrade. Uh, as far as upgrades to your facility and costs go, I think you know, going from a MERV 810 to a MERV 13 is very reasonable. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say MERV 13, um, filters in the living quarters. Excellent. Uh, we'll have one more question here and I think that'll get us about the 45 minute mark. Um, in this one, if you want to elaborate on as, as much as possible, uh, how, how can we know if our HVAC ventilation system is adequate according to the type of filters required for retirement communities? Okay. This is a really good question too. And, um, I think there's a lot of, um, some interesting things that are going to be happening in this area in the upcoming years. And, and basically it's going to be revolving around particle counters and, uh, you know, particles counters that can measure CO2, that can measure VOCs, um, particles of different sizes, uh, ones that are particle counters that are somewhat affordable. Um, so I, I, I would say that, you know, there, there are definitely ways to measure these things. It's just that the technology has to keep up, has to catch up to, you know, what we're doing with filters. We need, um, we need these particle counters installed. And uh, I, I believe that once they are, that there will be measurable differences in, in air quality. Um, there, there will be a way to, to, to show that. Um, and I'm interested to see what, what's going to come out in the next couple of years. Awesome. Well, Patrick, thank you again very much for all the information here. Thank you for taking some time to answer some questions. And thank you for providing your contact information if anybody has any further 
uh, questions. And um, thank you to everybody who joined today. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to you getting on the next one as well. Thanks for listening to the Talking Air Filtration Podcast, a production of the National Air Filtration Association. Clean air matters.